yeah, you guys have been amazing partners to work with. Um, someone that we know and can trust when we say, when someone says, Hey, I'm going to go work with Lasso or what do you think of Lasso? Uh, can they help me grow my business? It's like, I have 100% confidence that the answer is going to be yes. And to me, it's more like, you know, how can we get more people? How can those gyms continue to succeed in working with you guys? Um, and what, you know, we, you and I, we can all have a separate conversation offline about like how we can continue to grow those things. But, um, it, yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome partnership and greatly appreciate it. We're, uh, we're currently at th a little over 3000 clients. Um, and the number of client types that use push press is insane. You're an inspiration to our entire organization. Welcome to the Gym Marketing May Simple Podcast. We're going to be talking the done-for-you marketing and sales strategies proven to work with boutique fitness gyms to increase quality lead flow and grow your revenue. Don't try to be a professional marketer and waste tons of money. Let the experts at Lasso do it for you. And now, here are your hosts, Blake Ruff and Sherman Merritt. All right, guys, here we go. Another episode of the Gym Marketing Made Simple podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Nick Reyes from Push Press. I know you guys have heard of Push Press. Nick is the chief revenue officer. So that's exactly what it sounds like. You know what that means. Um, but yeah, Nick, first of all, thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. We're excited to have you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks, thanks for the invite. Thanks for letting me jump on. Um, now, as you guys can already tell, Nick has a voice made for podcasts, so just try to be easy on us when you comment. Face for radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, so, like, let's jump right into it, right? Like, we've had a, here at Lasso, we've had a phenomenal relationship with Push Press pretty much from the beginning, so we've been able to see you guys just crushing it on so many fronts, but, you know, for me, one of the big things that we were just talking about sort of off air before we got on is, how you guys do such a phenomenal job of dealing with negativity, right? And I, I shouldn't say negativity. It's just some of it's negativity, but like feedback that's not said the right way. And like I said, like I'm not, I'm working on that maturity in my life to be able to respond like you guys. But, uh, you know, is that like, is that part of the company culture? Or, because you can't possibly have all people that just respond accordingly. Like how? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, culture of any company is uh, critical to, to being able to, you know, survive and thrive. And so, uh, you know, I think a big part of it is understanding that your critics, they're, they're the number one, they bought, if, especially if they're your customers, right? Like they bought into your service or your offerings, they bought your product for a reason. And then if they crit, if they're criticizing something somewhere along the way, you've let them down. And so it's just kind of like, hold up the mirror, look in it and go, this is us that's letting them down. Now, maybe we oversold them, right? Maybe they didn't understand the product. Maybe um, the product has a shortcoming. But either way, we made, we we initiated that mistake, right? If it's we oversold them, we oversold them. Yeah. You know, um, if we always say like, if you have a feature, but they don't think that you have it, meaning like um, they don't know that you have it, then you don't really have it then. Right. So, cause basically what it means is that like you failed to lead them down to like using it and deploying it within their business. So a lot of it's just like, can you look in the mirror and figure out where, where you made the mistake? Yeah. So I got, a, I got a question for you, Nick. So I heard a, in a leadership conference, uh, the owner of Taco Bell. And one of the things I took away from this is that 
there was a there's a lot of complaints a lot of times, right? But he also said dial. And so my question to you is like he had to figure out what's the number one complaint, and it was that people couldn't eat tacos while they're driving. So that's where the Crunchwrap Supreme came from, right? But the other ninety percent of it, like the other complaints, he let go. So. You know, when gym owners are listening to this, like they hear so much feedback, change the programming, do all this. We want all this. So in your company, just with push press, like Sherman saying, how do you decipher like, okay, that's just not something that's important that like, that's just a one-off or like, this is the majority that people are saying. And that's what we need to focus on. Like, cause I think it's great for gym owners to take that, like the story of you guys, like, you know, the Taco Bell crunch up became the best seller of all time and be like, okay, I need to decipher this is the one area that we do actually need to fix. And the other stuff is just, we're probably not going to make them happy if that's their expectation. Right, right. Yeah, great question. I think a lot of times uh, how we look at it as, is the request or the letdown from something that the that our ICP, our ideal customer profile needs, or is it something that someone outside of them requests? So an example might be like, uh, we have a bunch of fencing studios in in the country that use push press we didn't go out there and like specifically say we're gonna find every fencing studio i didn't even know this was a thing right like and they sign up and they convert and it's amazing but if they request something it's like sorry like that's not who we designed the platform to serve and it doesn't mean that the request isn't valid for their use case, it just means we're not building in that direction. And so, you know, in the Taco Bell thing, they must probably have looked at that and said, we have drive-throughs, like a big portion of our client base wants to eat in a car. That is who we are designed to serve. So we have to build in that direction and cater to it. So it just kind of falls, either it's in that area or it's not in that area. Yeah, and I think what you're saying and the people listen to this is, First thing you need to know as a gym owner is like who your ideal client is. And because if you don't know that, you can't decipher, hey, this is an actual request of that fits that group or that's outside of the group and it just doesn't make sense. So I think, you know, you guys need to go back, everybody listen to this. And like, if you don't have your ideal client, like listen of like the age, how much money they make, do they have kids, like all that kind of stuff. Like you're going to be facilitating all these things and going in 800 million directions rather than like us at Lasso. We know for our ideal client, we want them making over, you know, minimum $12,000 that they have systems in place, that they have the CRM, that they have a sales team. It's not a one man shop because the one man shops and stuff like we just can't, we know that's not our ideal client. So you guys as gym owners listen to this is like, Hey, you guys need to dive deep and like, you know, figuring out what that is and who you're trying to market to and reach. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe to, uh, to double click on that. Um, I think one of the pitfalls of fitness is that everyone needs it. And so you open a gym thinking I'm going to build a gym where everyone can come in. Right. And that's actually some of like the CrossFit methodologies that it's for everyone, but you know, especially for what you guys do at Lasso, like a big part of it, it's like, if you're talking to everyone, you're not talking to anyone. And so, you know, it's, it's finding that ICP is so critical, especially for a fitness business, where I would say any B2C market, anytime you've got a business that needs to get the attention of consumers and then have them buy into a methodology or a service that you're going to offer, um, you know, it can easily go off the rails. And so anytime I see, you know, one of the questions of like, uh, um, does anyone do 
a kids program or does anyone do a competitors program? You know, it's like, it's great to have add-ons. Don't get me wrong. And I think a lot of gyms probably should have add-ons, but you have to earn your way there. And, but that should all be part of the normal business flowing, not something that's like, oh, here's an opportunity to make money because I don't know who my ICP is. So I'm just going to bolt on every other program I can think of. Like that's the wrong approach. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to add gymnastics, then we're going to do kids, and then, oh, let's just add karate at the same time, right? And you're yeah. doing all these things, but you're not doing any of it well, right? Exactly. And so, and, and I think that's one of the big things is, you know, just to reiterate is like, you want your messaging, like, you know, you guys do the same thing. It's like, you want people reading that messaging on your organic, your social media that like, I felt like you were always talking to me. Like when I had both my gyms and people would be like, it's just like every email I wrote, like it seemed like you were talking directly to me. That's when you know your target audience because they're like, you're speaking my language. And, you know, so if it's a 20 year old, the 30 year old is going to be much different than, you know, a mom and dad that don't have a whole lot of time. Right. So you, and you don't deviate from that either. Right. Like I always say on your organic marketing, you need to have three or four problems for max that you solve. That's the only thing you ever talk about. You don't go outside that because then it gets confusing, right? And so I think that's one thing crucial that, like Sherman said, you guys do great of. Um, that, but also gym owners get into this whole thing of like, I just like every request I gotta fix and like do all these things. It was like, no, sometimes it's just not the person you want in your gym, and that's okay. A hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, I think that one of the things that you guys talk about very well is sort of that North Star metric, right? Like I've heard. I've heard uh, Dan give speeches on it. You have, you know, sort of talk a little bit more about that because I believe that's one of the things that keeps you really focused on what you're great at and how to get to the next step because we've all been there, right? We've all, all entrepreneurs and stuff like that. You know, it's the more success you have, the more opportunities you have, right? But every opportunity that comes up isn't really worth chasing, right? So if you know where you're going, you know what you're trying to get to, Right. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, for instance, I'm just using I like sports. I like basketball, football. So like me, if I'm trying to be the best basketball player in the world, it's better for me to focus on getting good at dribbling and shooting. OK, yes, I could probably go out and play football with my buddies for three hours, but I probably shouldn't do that because I could be working on my basketball skills to become better. So like for you guys, how do you guys stay so focused on sort of that North Star metric? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of what we, you know, kind of the drum we've been beating for all of 2023 was that every business should have a North Star metric. And Dan and I uh, laugh a lot um, around different ideas that we have for push press. In fact, I just had one. I won't uh, I can't say what it is, but I had a big idea of something we should do internally. And I, you know, I kind of pitched it to him yesterday and he's like, oh, oh, my God, Nick, every gym needs this, too. And then we just went down this rabbit hole. And so. That's actually how the North Star metric was created was a, a little over a year ago at this time, Dan and I were trying to wrap our head around like what besides money, because money should not be a metric that you chase. It should be an output of what you're chasing that aligns with your, you know, your, your customer, your staff and the business needs. Right. And so as we're thinking like, man, what is the thing that every gym needs? And we shouldn't we cannot be out there saying like every gym just needs to make more money. Like what do they need to thrive? 
And then how do we align our business with the needs of the gym? And we went through a ton of things. We, we had the data team going through a million data points. And essentially, we landed on like, it's pretty common sense in hindsight, but it's like gyms need people to walk into the door and to get fit. And it's so then it's like, well, then how do you measure that? It's like, well, they check in whenever they arrive. We have that data point. We can see trends in that data point. Okay, now what are the things that, um, uh, how can we say that like as gyms have more people visiting them, that they'll be more successful? It's like, well, they'll, they will make more money. They'll have less churn. They should see more leads coming in the door, better word of mouth referrals. And so it's like, okay, well, if gyms are, if we can help gyms get more people in the door, visiting more frequently, then push press will, we have to trust that push press will grow as a result of that. So um, what do we build? And that helps keep that focus of we build tools that allow gyms to thrive by capturing more visitors. And, you know, it even helps. It's like, well, who do you partner with? Well, you partner with a company like Lasso because they can help get people in the door for those gyms. Well, who else do you partner with? Well, any other company like HSN who can help, you know, these, the, the members of gyms see results through nutrition that will reduce churn for the gyms and help them grow and see people get better results. So it ends up really providing such a, such a distinct amount of focus on what you do and what you don't do. Cause then it's, it's like, Oh, well, this shiny things on the roadmap. Will it make a gym better? Will it drive more people into the gym more, more consistently? If the answer is no, doesn't mean you don't do it, but it doesn't take priority over all the other things on the roadmap that do facilitate that behavior. Got you. So, and I know you guys spoke, you guys spoke a lot about like the North Star and I totally agree, like check-ins, right? Like if you're not using the gym, you're going to quit, right? right? And you're not showing up. So in a practical sense, and if you know this, you know, what do you guys see for the gym owners that are not push press clients that are like, Hey, if they don't show up X times per month, this is like a warning flag, right? Like, what is that for gym owners to be like? And then, you know, what do you guys recommend? I mean, I know what me and Sherman did is like, hey, we would look back over the last week. If they didn't come more than two times, they were getting a text message, phone call, personalized message. But, you know, what have you guys seen data wise that's like, hey, your client has to show up X of times per month, or they're kind of like that warning flag, right? And then, even a step further might be how long can that go before they quit and they're like canceling? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Uh, it's about 12 times a month. And so, you know, three, three, it's like three point something per week, call it three times a week. Um, I think one of the most, and we, and we, we, we looked at all the gyms on the network that had the lowest churn and then reached out to several of them to ask like, what do you guys do to decrease churn? in your facility. And one of them happened to be here in, uh, in Kansas city, um, gym called 2020 fit, uh, amazing gym, uh, great owners. And, um, you know, John, there's basically saying like, here's what we do. If whenever someone signed, there's, there's really two, two big takeaways to what they do. Number one, if someone signs up, they would say, you have to commit to being here for, I think theirs was four times a week. And if you're not here four times a week, you're not going to get results. And since you're not going to go get results, you may as well go join Planet Fitness down the street and save a bunch of money where you're also not going to get results. So it's like a part of their selling process that when you're walking in the door, you are saying, 
I'm here to get results and results require me to be here X number of times per week. So it's like an anti-sale sale, right? Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the next thing they do is anytime someone is not there or that four times a week, they get a phone call. And this gym has like 500 plus members. And what they do yeah. is during their staff meetings on, I think they're Wednesdays, they basically take out a part of the, um, you know, the, the list of who hasn't been here four times in the last week and they divvy them out. Hey, you know, you call Sherman, right? And, you know, it's everyone's like, call in, call in, call in. And, uh, and they're like, hey, where are you? This is what we said we're doing. So th- it's like you set, you set the, um, uh, you set them up for success at the beginning. You get the buy-in at the beginning. But on the other end of that is accountability. And not just like, oh, we'll wait until they haven't been here for a full week. And then we'll send an email and we're going to close our eyes and click it and hope we don't get a cancel button. Right. Or like a cancel request. Everybody does, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, crap, like, if I send this email, I'm just going to get a cancellation. I know it. So then you just don't send the email, right? It's like, yeah. And, and I guess what, what, um, one final thought there is like, if, if the, if the people in our brick and mortar gyms, if they didn't need us to hold them accountable to showing up and getting results, they wouldn't freaking be there. They'd be on a Peloton. They'd be at home on an using Apple fitness. They'd be doing, you know, street parking in their garage. The people that are in our four walls, the people who show up for a no sweat intro, they are there because they, the the only, they may not know it, but they're there because they need you and the community around them to hold them accountable. When you fail to call them or text them and do that, you are literally saying, I know you need me to hold you accountable but I'm not willing to do it. And I think one thing huge, and we have a guy uh, actually is with you guys too, Jeff from friendship fitness, mm-hmm. <laughs> what he does. And one thing you mentioned was huge is he, he has everybody commit to like a three month commitment and he tells them like upfront, like, you know, um, 36 visits, like you have to show up a minimum of like whatever, 33 times over the, if you want to see results. So he sets the standard and the expectation from day one that if you really want to get results, so then after three months, he can look back and be like, hey, we talked about you need to show up this amount of times and you didn't, right? That's why we we set the precedent. Like if you don't show up, you can't get results. So I think that's something huge that gym owners can take away is that like know the data of how many times it's going to take for them to actually get results because then not only are you going to hold them accountable, you set the expectation from day one that like, this is what it's going to take if you really want to see it. And if you don't reach that, it's kind of on you. We'll try to hold you accountable, but we can't drag you in the gym. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jeff runs a great business too. I mean, even if you just take it, think through of like him saying you have to be here 36 times or 33 times, whatever the number is there, that's a prescription for success. And if you just really think about everything else that you do in your life, when you're going to succeed, there's typically a recipe that you follow. There are instructions. There's a prescription. Very rarely is there a path to success that does not have some sort of guardrails or guidelines or something along those lines. I mean, like we're not paving any new trails here. We're not sending rockets to Mars. We're trying to get people to go from a sedentary lifestyle to one of being enabled to do anything they want at any point and, you know, be healthy. 
there's a recipe for that. And the people that are showing up, they just want the recipe. Yeah. And as professionals, we have to give it to them. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I didn't know about before, you know, obviously I've known you and Dan for a while, but you know, when we sort of partnered up with you guys with Lasso, I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Obviously it's been great uh, for us, been great for you guys, but I didn't know how many businesses you guys work with, right? Like we didn't know. And then now we have Croft Maga gyms. Obviously we have CrossFit gyms, other micro gyms. Um, yeah, we didn't know that you guys just helped so many folks that were, you know, in the gym space. Uh, and that's been really cool because at the end of the day, everyone's trying to help someone and we get to be a part of that. And like, that's one been one of the biggest things I've seen. You guys have been able to provide excellence for people across different fitness domains. Um, because, you know, some of these things, they're just for this type of gym. Hey, we only deal with yoga studios or whatever. And I think, you know, we've sort of taken a little bit of that with us. At first we were like, hey, we're only going to work with CrossFit gyms. Then it sort of expanded. Now we got Krav Maga gyms. And once, you know, once you figure out, oh, like I can really help, you know, this type of type of client, right? Like you guys may not work with, you know, whoever, but like there's a certain sort of bucket that folks can be in and you can help folks. So like, I really appreciate that um, by partnering up with you guys, getting to learn more and see more. So that's been cool for sure. Yeah. 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 You guys have been amazing partners to work with. Um, someone that we know and can trust when we say, when someone says, Hey, I'm going to go work with Lasso or what do you think of Lasso? Uh, can they help me grow my business? It's like, I have 100% confidence that the answer is going to be yes. And to me, it's more like, you know, how can we get more people? How can those gyms continue to succeed in working with you guys? Um, and what, you know, we, you and I, we can all have a separate conversation offline about like how we can continue to grow those things. But <laughs> yeah, um, it, yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome partnership and greatly appreciate it. We're, uh, we're currently at th a little over 3000 clients. Um, and Ooh. the number of client types that use push press is insane. Uh, it's by far dominated by strength and conditioning group fitness facilities. Um, but like I said, fencing studios, swimming schools, I mean, you name it, there's a, there's a lot. And, um, yeah. that, that, that does tend to be the struggle. Cause you don't want to let someone down when they want something specific for their business. And so, uh, continuing to focus, you know, and yeah. maybe that's a lesson there for, for, for anyone listening, who's, who's running a business or a fitness business is like, there's going to be opportunity to pull you off of serving that ICP and you shouldn't chase all of it because what it does is it means that you're not chasing uh, the, the, the highest level, best quality service for your ICP. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't take the opportunity as long as it's not a distraction. It just means that like you got to really pick and choose those battles closely or carefully. Um, now I know some people for those that, uh... Sure. I know some people are going to ask, what is, what is ICP? So I want you to explain that. Just give them what it stands for. I didn't want to take you, your glory. I know, but I want them to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Discussed just a little bit earlier, right? It's your, uh, it's your ideal customer profile. And so um, should be as specific as possible. You know, if it's a fitness business, it should be your, um, you know, your, your 42-year-old, you know, male that lives in these zip codes. Um, you, you'll always know. Uh, when a fitness business has their ICP nailed, uh, if, cause if you're a part of it, um, you know, Blake mentioned it earlier, like you'll feel like they're talking to you, but mm -hmm. 
But then also it's like, even in their ads, it'll be like, my name's Nick and I help 35 year old dads feel like they're back on the football field again, or like whatever it is. Like it, they'll be very specific, very precise in their messaging. It's like, I, I like what you're doing here. I see yeah. where you're going, you know? So I was compared to like dogs, right? Like if you see a, Hey dog owners, but if you're like, Hey, Samoyed owners, you're like, yeah. that's for me. That must be for my dog because they're, you know, <clears throat> but I think one question for you um, outside of the 3000 that you guys work with already. I mean, I feel like I know, but what do you feel like sets push press? Like everybody's heard of push press by this point. But what sets you guys apart from all the other software companies for those people listening? They're like, man, I've thought of the fence. And then I know as a gym owner, when I had my gyms, the hardest part was the transition. So of like going from software to software, right? Like whatever, we'll go through, we'll grab a hold of all those. But A, kind of what is, what makes you guys set apart? And then B, how, how do you guys solve that problem of that like that transition of like software to software that's such a headache for people and let's be honest that's why most people don't switch i don't want to go through the hassle right right yeah i mean the 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 thing that sets us apart by far is our team um anyone can build tech and in my opinion now don't get me wrong it's hard and there's always a new competitor popping up and there's always um you know someone that says well i just want to build this myself and i think if you if you ask Dan, hey, rewind time, rewind uh, 10 years ago, and would you still build push press today? He's probably going to tell you no. Um, we, we, we laugh a lot internally of like, we have to build things inside of our platform that other companies have created billions of dollars of market value with. So like, we have to build digital documentation. DocuSign is a standalone multi-billion dollar company. We've had to build appointment scheduling. Calendly, Acuity are two multi-billion dollar companies, right? Like everything we build to serve a small business has been built in a greater form to serve a larger thing. So it's like, there's a lot of stuff to do there. So if it, but if everyone still has access to, you know, engineers and writing code, technically anyone else can do it. Yeah. Now I do think we have some secret sauce in there. Don't get me wrong, but by far the team behind it is just, they're mind blowing. They, they do things that impress me every single day. And, you know, Sherman, I think you opened with like, how do we, how do we keep our cool amongst these things? And one of it is just the growth mindset that the team has. Everyone on the team knows that they are the current version of themselves and that there's a much better version on the other side of learning more. And I don't think in my entire career, I've ever been a part of a culture where everyone was so just hell bent on improvement across yeah. the board, yeah. you know? So, uh, that's, that's the secret sauce. That's what separates us. So it's yeah. more like hey, competitors, good luck keeping up with the team that doesn't think they're good enough and is Correct. always chasing improvement. Hey, right? I, hey, again, I know I'm a big sports guy, so I know like for that, like if you're on a team like that, that's everyone's always chasing excellence from the number one guy to the number 12 guy, <laughs> your team is gonna, they're yeah. like never going to catch them. So like, I love that. Uh, final question before we get off here. Cause I, I think this is important. You were employee number one, maybe outside of, well, I'll, I'll let you talk about that. You were in, in the beginning. Now you guys have a decent team sort of talk about that. Like, what has that been like? Because I know you were in early 
And then now you guys have a lot of folks working for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, kind of going back to the team there, we've, we've added and had the, just the, the, been truly blessed with who we've found along the way. And, you know, Dan, Brian, and Chris, the three founders, um, kind of stumbled across uh, myself as an early, early customer of theirs. One of like the very first customers that signed up for Push Press back when I still was uh, was a gym owner. And I was in Kansas City. They were in L.A. So it basically forced us the very with, the, with, with your very first hire being remote, it like forced us down the remote path mm. before being remote was cool, you yeah, know, correct. before. Uh, uh, before COVID forced everyone into that environment. And so we, Correct. we really had to grow the business um, or we started growing the business that way because from the early days, we realized that we could find talent anywhere in the world as, that was mission aligned. And so it allowed us to to kind of seek out people who had who we had belief in and who had belief in us. And so to me, like that's one of the, that's the, the foundational building block of building a, a great team. Mm. is you have to have unwavering belief in the per in the people that you're bringing on board and they have to believe in you and the mission. And if you really think about it, like that's what the interview process for any job is about. It's about, do I believe this is the place to work and this is the guy to work for or the girl to work for what have you, or, and then it's, is this the right person to do this job? You don't trust each other yet. There's nothing else. It's just raw belief. Yeah. So that was step one. After you get past be believing in each other, now you can actually begin to build trust. And over time, once you have trust, then you can begin to have honest conversations with each other and then say things like, hey, you know, Sherman, the way that you interacted with that customer wasn't acceptable. You know, or what you did with that customer was absolutely amazing. Like, thank you for doing that. And whenever you whenever you know that I believe in you and I, and you know that, or I know that you believe in me and we trust each other, those words and those conversations carry more weight. When I tell you, you did great. It's like, damn, I must've done really well because Nick believes in me and he trusts me. So now those aren't just hollow words to make me feel good on a Friday afternoon before the weekend type of thing. Right? So everything carries more weight when it's built on belief and trust. And so you start there after you can have honest conversations. Now you can adjust. So for a gym owner, it's like, do you believe in every one of your staff members? What does that mean to you? Do they all believe that you're the, that you're the right captain for the ship? Do you trust all your staff members and not just like, Oh, I trust that they're not going to, you know, get this member hurt, you know, but like deeply trust that they got the best interest of everyone involved, the rest of the staff, the clients, you as the owner, the business, do you trust them with all of that? Then only after those can you have an honest conversation. Hey, the way that we started that class wasn't great. Hey, you know what we should do is maybe we should pivot from serving 28-year-old males to 35-year-olds because we're all older now and we may not resonate well with that. You know, it's like you can you can make adjustments to your business and have honest conversations because you all believe and trust in each other. And only after you can adjust the processes in a business through honest conversations and trust and belief will you actually reap the rewards of building something sustainable. So, 
a lot of people just go like, oh, I think they can do the job. That's enough. But that's yeah. that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. No, that's good. Um, so that's how we build the team. No, now I know I said the final question, but I was lying. I have one more. This is the final <laughs> one now because you guys met. You guys do something that I've seen some other companies do, and they didn't do a great job at it. Um, you guys hire a decent amount of entrepreneurs, right? People that already have their own thing going. Then they come on the push press team and they fit in, they fit in well. Like, how do you guys do that? Because, you know, Lasso Wish are in the same boat, right? Like some of our coaches and stuff and leaders, they're going to be entrepreneurs. And as we grow, like, I definitely want to learn from you guys. Cause I think that's something that you guys are doing very well. Yeah, because yeah, I think a lot of gym owners, you know, they, they hire these people and then these guys want to open gyms and things like that. So, like, just managing that type of, like, mindset that people have, this entrepreneurial mindset, because it's much harder than, like, the employee that just wants to clock in nine to five, right? Right, right. Uh, that is an amazing question, and it is a hell of a challenge. And it's going to be – it's, it's, it's solvable with, a, with, I think, a few key, like, areas that you have to account for. Number one is – does that person, what do they enjoy about entrepreneurship? And if you can ask them and get them to open up, you know, going back to belief and trust, uh, if you can get them to open up about what they enjoy about it, pulling out the things that they enjoy about it and figuring out how to give them that within your business, I think is key. And then being able to be honest with them and yourself if you can't give them that. So... You know, one example might be they're an entrepreneur because they are a creative, but they don't actually enjoy the sales side. They don't actually enjoy the, you know, the, uh, the people management side. It's like, maybe you should be doing our programming. Maybe you should be doing our marketing or, you know, graphic design, the newsletter, you know, is, are there certain things that can scratch that itch? that you can then leverage. And now obviously if everyone wants to be a creative and nobody wants to sell, you got a little bit of a problem. And then you got to be honest, like, Hey, look, like we already have that need filled. Now you know, you're not going to get that entrepreneurial kind of, you know, spirit here like you might want, but doesn't mean you can't serve here in this capacity. And then whenever it's time for you to chase that other thing, I got you, I'll support you. And that's probably, you know, if I, if I'm, if I look at the gym or the uh, gym ownership culture, that's probably the one area that I think is terribly mishandled. And that is I've got a coach, they want to go open another gym and I'm scared. They're going to take people. How should I handle this? I'll tell you how you should handle it. You should help them. They're not, you know, have a, have a, have a growth mindset. You only need 100, 150 customers to have an amazing business. And so unless you're in a town of 100 people, yeah. <laughs> there's room for two gyms, right? Like, yeah. you know, this, this, this would be like me saying there's, you know, I gotta, there's, a, there's a competitor down the street from us, actually, here in Kansas City. I hope they succeed. I really, really do. They're a software company. There's a lot of fitness businesses that need people that are aligned with the growth of the customer. And as long as you believe that that coach is aligned with the growth of the general population around him, wish him good luck, help him out, figure out how you can form some sort of strategic partnership later on down the line, like wish him luck. That's what you should do. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that answers that, that question for you. 
No, it did. No, no, no. That was good because, yeah, again, I, I think that's one of the tough ones, you know, and that's something that, like I said here at Lasso, that's something we're going to be doing more of. We want to make sure we're going to be we're going to be coming to you guys. Hey, help us out because we want to make sure as we hire these entrepreneurs, we're able to help them. But I love what you said about figure out why they really like being an entrepreneur because I don't think like I really don't believe everyone enjoys entrepreneurship. They enjoy pieces of it, right? They enjoy pieces of it, but they don't enjoy the whole gamut that comes with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like me personally, I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that say, Hey, everyone should be an entrepreneur. I'm like, no, I don't believe that. Right. Like I love it, but I don't think everyone should do that because it can ruin you, ruin your family, ruin your life for what, just for the sake of saying you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and, and, you know, why asking questions, you know, what do you enjoy about it? Why did you start a business? Why do you want to be a business owner? And I think, I think there's, there's a couple traps in there, of course, of things yeah. like, I want to be a business owner because I want to create my own schedule. Well, that's not always going to be possible. Push press, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I want to be a business owner because I want to own the results of something. Okay. We can make that happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so like, and then understanding what is, what is the culture of your business and how do you explain that culture honestly and openly to a new candidate. So, you know, um, I think I did an Instagram reel on this. Like I'm a big believer like that. My direct reports have to work at my speed and they have to work basically with my level of endurance. And I don't really have a turnoff button. It's rare. Um, I'll work all weekend. I might take off Christmas today or the Christmas in a couple of days. Right. Like, um, so I need my, you know, VP of sales, VP of CX, my rev ops manager, VP of marketing, they all know you have to work at my speed. And so that doesn't really jive well with like entrepreneurship. If you're an easy go, you know, different kind of cultured person. And so I think you can get some friction points if you're the gym owner and you don't have a turnoff button or take it the other way and you're too easy going and you want to go hire someone like me that's not going to work either because I'm not going to be in here all hours of the day while you're just, you know, you know, fiddle farting around out in the world. So understanding pace, speed, intensity, and how it relates to working relationships along with what are the things that you're looking to do in the long run and being able to have a conversation about that, I think is key. No, that was good. No, I love that. Um, well, man, we're going to get out of here because I've already used my final question twice. Um, so, so I won't use it again. Uh, yeah, man, definitely. Uh, so, Nick, if someone needs to get in contact with you, how do they contact you? Just go pushpress.com is probably the best way. Uh, get in contact with our team. Uh, if it's me directly, it's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, any of those things. You guys can always reach out. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for uh, having having me on. Uh, really appreciate all you guys do for uh, for the entire gym ownership community. Um, yeah, you guys are amazing. So thank you. Yeah, man, definitely. Appreciate well, it, man. as usual, guys, tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in and we will see you guys next week.
Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Gym Marketing Made Simple podcast with Blake Ruff and Sherman Merricks. We hope you enjoy. We believe marketing should increase revenue and not waste money. So book your free call today. Head on over to lassoframework.com. That's L-A-S-S-O-F-R-A-M-E-W-O-R-K.com and find the right words, get more customers, and increase your revenue. We'll see you here next time.